Good morning. Happy Monday. I have neuro coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right. Busy Monday coming up. First things, uh, quick housekeeping item. Uh, for those of you on IFAST University, we would call it 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, if you're not on IFAST University, please go to ifastuniversity.com, get yourself signed up, and please join us for that call. Again, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, digging into today's Q&A, this is with Alex. Um, the initial part of this call was about how we're shifting centers of gravity um, in, in specific archetypes. Um, very specifically, we're talking about, about narrow ISA individuals, how we're moving them um, primarily from right to left in the initial phases of recapturing movement. And, but the, the cool thing is, is the way that this, this uh, question evolved is we got into the reasoning behind the static versus dynamic activities. Ultimately, we want all of our activities to be dynamic in nature. But in many cases, we have to use a static representation uh, because most folks can't actually produce the shape change that's necessary to capture their, their normal relative movements. And so, again, I, I totally appreciate this question uh, from, from Alex because it allowed us to go some place um, that, that gave us this this little bit of understanding that I think a lot of people miss out on as to why you would use certain types of activities and again ultimately we want to be moving people towards the dynamic element because that's where movement really exists for us so thank you Alex for your question I'm going to guide and help a lot of people I'll see you uh, folks on iFast University this afternoon everybody have a great day I'll see you tomorrow Okay, so I have a question about uh, pushing right to left for a narrow. Uh huh. So, is it fair to say that <clears throat> do this effectively? Um, whatever we do needs to get an orientation of like an anterior pelvic outlet, so water flows down and forward on the left, essentially. And by and to to do that effectively, we need to bias pressure toward the first met head. And then you talking about the right side, the left side. Okay, so so we're going that way, right to left. Okay, I'm with you. And then and just by pushing off the right side and deloading it and moving the center mass to the left, that allows uh, the right side to achieve the orientation. That allows the left side to come down lower than it. Uh, okay, so so you're 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 going to be shooting for an an early representation, right? On the right, early representation on the right is going to stick you on the right. <clears throat> but late is going to push you off of it, right? So, so oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have to move that way, right? So I have to push into the ground here. That's going to take the outlet up. It's going to tip the outlet down into the left, isn't it? You say that again, but slower, please. I, I I'm trying to remember what I said. Hang on a second. All right. So if I if I'm pushing right to left, I have to push. I have to push out of the cut on the right hand side. Okay. Yeah. I went into the cut. That means that 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 means that the the that the outlet had to move in the direction that I was going. Okay. Mm -hmm. So so I get orientation into the cut. Okay, that's an expansion down and forward into the cut. To, for me to push out of the cut to move right to left, I have to push the outlet back up, and it's going to make the other outlet lower. Okay. Do you understand? 
Yeah, I think so. Um, so eccentric overcome, eccentric yield. Okay. Do you understand? Yes. Yeah. So this one's going up. This one has a delay in it. Right. This one's going faster in this direction. This one's not going as fast in the same direction. Therefore, everything goes in that direction. Gotcha. You see it? Yeah. Um, so second part of my question is to optimally push off of the right side. Um I've been playing around with two ways to do it. One is which just keep the right foot on the ground and push off the whole inner edge of the foot like a like a skating blade. Okay. Um, versus situation in which you'd like do a sled drag and you roll like heel and off the toe. Uh-huh. Um, What's the difference? Is there much of a difference between those two? What's the difference between the two? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Okay. What's the difference between the two? Ladder, the the heel to toe is later because you'll you'll push more off of the first met head. Um, Which one takes longer? The first one. Which one is the first one? Sorry. Sorry. Uh, ice skating blade. Okay, so less foot contact. Yeah, there's, well, you, there's no roll into it, right? There's no roll into it. Yeah, but you're, you're stuck in middle the whole time. Okay. Relatively. Which side of middle are you on? Late. Okay. How much time you got? In this situation, a lot. You think? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot of time. So you got to so so how much time do you have to get to force production in that circumstance? It's already a force producing representation. It's like a higher force producing representation, whereas the other one is like, oh, I get to land in early and I get to roll into it, right? Okay. So more storage and release of energy. This one has a shorter time frame, right? As far as me getting to whatever peak force would be under the circumstance. Mm -hmm. So there's your difference between the two representations. Okay. Now let's, let's try to associate this with Alex, not Alex's, but Alex question. Okay. When we talk about how much time you've got on your foot. Okay. Um, if, if I can move the foot through that full excursion with, with a, a good relative timing where I don't uh, over uh, produce the IR representation. So I'm not orienting where I have some relative motions where everything's moving in a really nice sequence. Good choice. Okay. If I can't do that. Okay. So if I have an orientation problem, now I need to shorten the amount of time of the exposure of the foot to the IR. So I'm going to choose this. I can't remember if it's the first one or the second one. It's the one where the foot's not moving a whole lot and it's yeah. a representation, right? It's like you're closer to the middle um, and on the backside of the, of the middle where you're in like, like that late representation of the foot in the middle. Okay. So in a situation in which, sorry. You go. Okay, in a situation in which you try and push right to left and you get something like a big side bend or some like some IR 
orientation competition, you're going to stick in the ground so they, they don't have to go through that sequence incorrectly. Right. So, so why, why do you use, why do you use a, a and I, I'm sure you've done this, a purely static activity in the first place? Get them to control it first before doing something more. They have, like you're literally creating the shape that they need at a moment in time because that's where the interference is. It's like they're not securing that position. They're either trying to go around it too fast or they're trying to go through it too slow. It's like, I got to create this position first and then I can start to expand this window where they can actually utilize that, that, that representation. I want all of my activities to be dynamic. Right? right. I want them to be, to, I want, I want, here you go. I want fluidity. Right. It's like, why do, why do they, I, I can't do it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not graceful at all, but my, my ballerina always has like the, you know, like she moves through space in this incredibly graceful way. Um, but, but no, it, it, it's like, it's like, this is, this is how you decide. It's like, oh, I can go into, I can do a cross connect step up, right? Because they have demonstrated the ability to control the starting position, capture the position that I want, and then move back out of it. So they can transition through the sequence of propulsion. I got somebody that can't do that. I know where they are, I know where they can't go, and I gotta set up that spot where I gotta teach them the position first. I gotta teach them how to shape change, hold that position, and then I can move them out of it. Gotcha. So that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Good morning, happy Tuesday. I have neural coffee in hand, and it is perfect. All right. A very busy Tuesday coming up. We're going to dig straight into today's Q&A. Uh, this is with Zach, and we are building off of a question that Zach had started last week. So we're talking about trap bar deadlifts and narrow, narrow ISA individuals and how that can favorably or negatively influence the outcomes depending on loads and how long it takes to perform these activities. And so uh, Zach wanted to relate that question to a representation that we've shown you um, several times before. And that would be this one, if my technology is accurate, it's right there for you to see. And this is based off of the way that a light cone would, would be represented, but we can use this to represent our, our external rotation space and our internal rotation. Um, applications of force and the way that we influence this will determine how much velocity we are able to demonstrate in external rotation and how much force we are able to apply in internal rotation as well as the duration of that application of force. If we pick the wrong activities, we may be able to actually increase force production, but we're going to sacrifice something else. So we may actually take away time to allow us to uh, demonstrate our high velocity aspects of our activities. And so again, this is a great question for a lot of people that don't quite understand the difference between the way that velocity is demonstrated in external rotation and not in internal rotation. Internal rotation is a force producing representation. So thank you, Zach, for asking this question. Everybody have an outstanding Tuesday and I will see you tomorrow. Morning. Greetings. Um, so I have kind of like a continuation of a thought from what I asked you last week about the trap bar deadlifting with narrows. Sure. Um, <laughs> why was that funny? Say what? Why, why, why'd that get a laugh? 
because uh, you said something about last week, and I have no idea what you're talking about, but that's okay. Setting the stage, setting the stage, I guess. I don't remember um, what I had for dinner last night, Zach. I mean, come on. All right, should have won that by now. Um, so, like that cone that you'll draw sometimes, where it's like E R I R E R. Um, like that? Yeah. Uh huh. So thinking about it for a narrow, and like if you prolong their middle propulsive phase yep. too much to the point that you're slowing them down, is that yes, primarily sir. going to be um, like a connective tissue-based phenomenon in that like the connective tissues have stiffened too much that they just need more time to get the deformation? Or are there like other factors at play that I'm missing in terms of okay. what, what is causing the prolong or elongation? Okay, so so you got to look at this in two ways. All right, so think about there's two ways to slow somebody down. So IR in general is slower than ER, right? Highest velocity will be demonstrated in external rotation. If I prolong, if I just prolong the IR, okay, um, then I have extended the duration of the, the slowest phase, which has to take away time from something else. Okay, there's a fixed, there's a fixed amount of time, right? So from one end, one end of the one cone to the other end of the other cone is the entire time. If I extend the IR in the middle, I have to suck away time that I use to demonstrate the ER. So I don't have enough time to reach the peak velocity. Okay, so the duration matters. Force application. Remember the seven components of force, right? So how long? Okay. All right. The other one, the other one is if I if I uh, bias you too much towards the IR, if I stiffen the connective tissues, the breadth of the cone then is lost. Okay. So you've taken you away. Okay, so the, the there's a skinny end of the cone and a fat end of the cone. Yep. Okay. Okay. Make the cone skinnier, just in general. So so the, from the skinny end to the fat end, it doesn't get as fat. Okay. That's yep. the re that's the reexpansion. That's the reexpansion of the connective tissue behavior. So I can't deform it. I can't deform it. There's not enough differential between the compressed representation and the expanded representation to reach peak velocity. So they're too stiff. So one is not too much time and one is too stiff. You see the difference in the two? Yeah, I guess the the second part of that makes a lot more sense to me. I, I don't know. It's just the way I'm thinking about it. like the first the first part with the time dependent still seems almost mm -hmm. like abstract or conceptual that like i understand like i guess okay. literally just how much time how much time do you have let's so you're going to sprint okay you you ready you're going to sprint mm -hmm. okay how many steps does it take for you to reach peak velocity not sure it depends on how fast well, I am. I'm just saying there, there's a there's a there's a time that so you have to do something for a certain amount of time to reach your peak velocity. Uh, yes. Okay. With you. Okay. All right. 
And so, so here's what happens. Your ground contact time is longer in acceleration than it is at peak velocity. Understood? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I'm going to tip the I'm going to tip the ground upward. Okay. Well, I'm going to make your ground contact time longer throughout. Are you going to reach peak velocity? I'm increasing the duration. I am I am modifying the the context to to prolong the duration of ground contact. So I'm increasing your IR time. And there's nothing you can do about it because I just tilted the world upright. I tilted it up, and now you have to run uphill the whole time. Are you ever going to reach peak velocity? No. Because you're spending so much time in IR. You don't have a choice. So then what, like, what, what is physically changing, though? Like, I guess the, the connective tissue side of that. What is physically changing? Like, so you're prolonging in, in the, the duration of the app. You're, sorry. You're prolonging the application uh, of of downforce like uh, like you're increasing the amount of time so uh if you're if you're a narrow isa doing a trap bar deadlift you're squeezing so much from the top and it takes time for you to reach enough force to move the weight all right so i squeeze and the weight doesn't move i squeeze 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 it starts to move i squeeze more it comes off the ground and then because like you're doing so much of that in the weight room, that just becomes like a default strategy for them, even when they're not necessarily moving the heavier weights. There, and there you go. All right. I guess that's the piece that I need to like say out loud or hear. Yep. And 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 you have to understand it's like it's like you 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 have to look at this, you know, from a multiple uh, influence perspective. You know, we talk about seven components of force. It's like they're all there. Right. Yep. So now if we if we flip that and talk about a wide, is it possible to decrease their IR window too much and like almost like make their duration of force application too quick? Yep. Or is it that the other like the other thought I have in my head is that like you wouldn't necessarily shorten it, but they just like, you're not training them in what would be like the optimal way. So like, you're just like, they're not, like it's less of a elongation uh -huh. like, in the narrow versus yeah. just like, they're not getting the most out of their training, but they still have the window. Like, or can you actually like physically shorten their IR window? Yes. Well, so you can constrain it because um, uh, a, a lot of times that shows up in context. So for instance, um, take two sprinters. One has great acceleration, lesser top speed. One has lesser acceleration, but great top speed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Both can run the exact same time and yet achieve the outcome in a different way. Right. Take two mm -hmm. people with vertical jumps that are equivalent. And then you look at ground contact on it. Right. So again, there can be a difference in the, the duration of force application and yet still achieve the same result. One might need more time to do it. One might need lesser time to do it. Okay. If I increase the duration of one too long, okay, they're going to spend too much time on the ground. They won't be able to store and release the energy. Okay. If I, if I reduce the 
the ground contact time and I don't have time for peak force, I won't jump as high. So this is a weak spot, right? Like so an intervertical jump example with the Y, just like working like, if you're potentially working to, with a wide where you're increasing like their impulse, just like watching the ground contact and just the ground contact peak force and the result and just making sure that as the ground contact decreases, if the peak force decreases too much, you would see the drop off in the height. Uh-huh. So, so here's the cool thing about that. It tells you what to do. Yeah. Right. So if if uh, if I have let's just say you have a wide ISA, you're trying to increase your vertical jump. OK. And you look at the duration of force application into the ground and they mm -hmm. jump a certain and they jump a certain height. Um, and um, you uh, shorten the duration of the ground contact time. OK. Right. And they jump higher. Okay. Um, so, so through training, you shorten the ground contact time. Yep. What would happen if you if you strategize and and start adding in too much slow speed strength training, like at at peak force output, but it's slower? What would happen to the vertical jump? You don't, you don't know, but presumably, if if they needed more of the the higher impulse stuff, then you might. Take the vertical down. That's correct. You, I guess my, my thought is that if you just continue to run that experiment, you'd want to max yeah, out. It, it, like I said, it just it, the, like understand understanding the 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 time constraint allows you to select the appropriate activities, right? Yep. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. Good morning. Happy Thursday. I have neural coffee in hand and it is perfect. Yes, sir. How are you? Outstanding. Wonderful. Um, yeah, so I had a question um, about uh, the subtalar joint. I'd like to figure out like what what can how can you restore motion there because um I'm asking for a friend but if someone was to not have an ACL <laughs> uh huh and um that person was trying to not end up with always a very flat foot representation given what we would expect out of the archetype which is narrow uh -huh. that, that person would narrow things down to <clears throat> I would probably need a very on point sub Taylor joint given what yeah. I got up top at the knee and given that I also asked a few questions about bunions recently right so for the yeah. same friend so I was just gonna say for your friend yeah okay so so let's let's do a quickie rundown of potential influences that would prevent it from happening yeah. so yeah, so that's yeah. that's kind of where you want to want to start with your head it's like okay if i need if i need the the subtalar joint to um to move the foot into the the middle propulsive representation okay so there's yeah. ir bias um traditional pronation that kind of thing okay 
there's a big muscle right off the bat that's going to be problematic. Okay. Okay. Um, that's going to prevent the calcaneus from moving in the appropriate direction. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's local. We're speaking locally. You're going to have an iterative and anatomical representation proximally as well. So I'm not going to negate that, but I, I'm I'm just being very particular about locality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, soleus is a is an, a big influence in in that regard, and so is, so is, so will be the deep posterior compartment under that circumstance. Okay. Okay. Because you look at you look at what is preventing. So I need that calcaneus to move into a traditionally everted representation, right? Yeah. Relative relative to the starting conditions. I don't want to I don't want it to be excessive and that kind of thing, right? Because I can create a compensatory strategy. That's kind of what you're doing. Uh, I'm sorry. That's what your friend's doing. Yeah. Uh, with that bunion representation, is you're creating this this orientation. So it looks like you're getting this rear foot eversion when the reality is it's like you still have a subtalar joint that is in an ER representation, and you've just IR'd the entire foot up to the first metatarsal head. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Soleus attaches a little bit more medial <clears throat> on the calcaneus. Yeah. To the gastroc, and so if you have concentric orientation of posterior lowers. Right, so thorax, pelvis, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you're in a little bit of a pickle there because that concentric orientation is going to make sure that that calcaneus does not move in that in the appropriate direction to capture the middle propulsive foot. Mm. Okay, and like yeah. I said, you have to account for you have to account for deep posterior compartment, and then you have to account for um, the the soleus. So you may need to do some work there. Okay. Right. So, so posterior lower expansion, always an issue. That gives you the potential, the potential for middle propulsion in standing. Because that musculature has to change its orientation from concentric to eccentric for you to even access the foot position. So okay. right off the bat, you got some place to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So just, just so I make sure I, I, I got all the pieces in the right order and they have the right relationship from a... a a causal perspective so the soleus being more medial as basically is just is the the best design as a break um for eversion regarding the it is a it is a so so think about like uh, flexor halysis longus uh how it goes underneath the sustentaculum that went over my head but okay hang on you know what the <laughs> sustentaculum cali is I don't. I am. I might, but okay. So get, get get a picture of the calcaneus. Hang on one second. Yeah. I got my foot. Yep. <clears throat> you ever see an outrigger canoe? Uh, I don't believe I did. No. It, it so um for some reason it's like it, it always shows up in like Polynesian environments like. You'll see, like in Hawaii, they they do these. Oh yeah, yeah. Then I, I yeah, yeah. I did. So it's a canoe that has like an extra thingy on it to balance out the canoe. Yep. You got this little outrigger on the uh, calcaneus right here, right yeah. there. Okay. So flexor house as long as goes right underneath there and lifts it yeah. up. Okay. Okay. And so again, that's it's like if you have deep posterior compartment concentric orientation, and I've got soleus. There's there's the rear foot position right off the bat. It's like well, that's an ER representation of the of the rear foot, it's like, I yeah. don't 
pronation there anymore. I don't have a telus that can that can um, move towards the, the the middle P. I see. Stuck. You're stuck, right? Okay. And so what's going to happen is, so I don't slow down here. Okay. Well, you, you just did that, and I I I failed to where the IR goes. Yeah. Like, it, well, inch, like can, I it's like oh yeah of course it right there right so okay so if this if this doesn't change its orientation, then this can't change its orientation, yeah. right? So I got a rear foot that's in ER. I got a midfoot that's going to stay in ER. And then I drop my IR right there. And then there's, yeah. the, there's, yeah. where, your, there's where your friend runs yeah, into a problem. Yeah, I know. Okay. okay. And it also, it also causes a little bit of problem up above here, about right there <laughs> at the knee, right? Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, so you've got concentric orientation to deal with. You've also you're also going to have uh, concentric orientation on the bottom of the foot. Okay, mm -hmm. that's going to be a part of the issue because if I've got an ER foot, I have muscles that can't change the orientation on the bottom of the foot, right? Yeah. Okay. So they're going to be concentric. Now you got to go, okay, well, what do I have up above? It's like, well, okay, I got all that musculature that's coming down from the hip and, and the, the uh, femur, right? Yeah. Also going to be concentrically oriented. So you have, a, you have an extremity position that is preventing you from dropping into that medial foot contact. Yeah. It's trying to lift you up all the time away from the ground and then you just have to find a strategy that allows you to push down and you do you do it's just not distributed yeah okay, okay. i'm sorry your friend does yeah and, um okay so address the concentric orientation all right yeah then if if you do that and you still have some positional issues then you can start to mobilize the foot itself directly so if you have those kind of skills or you have a, a you, if your friend has a friend um, that yeah. has those skills and there's ways to, there's ways to mobilize it yourself. Um, you can do banded mobilizations. They're like, you can actually use your hands on your, if you, if you're uh, bendy enough, you can actually get yourself into a position where you can mobilize your own foot. I can probably do that. Yeah. But it's like one of the easiest things to do. So here's your foot. This is a right yeah. foot, right? Yeah. You take your, if this is a right foot, you take your left hand and you put it like right there. See that? Yeah. Okay. And I got to push it in that direction okay. as I translate the tibia forward. Yeah. Right. So like I said, there are ways to do it. Okay. Um, that may help as well. Okay. Wonderful. From, from a mobility perspective. Okay. And then it just comes down to exercise selection. So you get, so you have to select activities Right, that are going to load the rear foot and not allow the center of gravity to translate forward. Yeah. Okay. And so if you've ever done, I don't know what everybody calls them, bowlers, I call them bowler's lunge, like a bowler's lunge or a curtsy lunge or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, so this is preventing the center of gravity from going forward, but yet you still have to move the foot into a middle propulsive representation. Yeah, so basically it's like take them into early IR. Uh, yes. And yes. But, yes. But then, okay, cool. Yeah. Yes. Because which but makes again, sense because we, so, we just try to allow to right. get IR back into the right. ground. 
and the 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 nice thing about a, an activity that shifts the center of gravity or or slows the center of gravity from going forward um, is like the, the load is more straight down into that rear foot. And so there's time for you to capture the position. Yeah. What because what what basically what happens when you're when you're stuck in that that ER position of the rear foot, it just goes right past it. Right. Because yeah. again, the it, the the amount of time that you spend in a position is where you determine where you can put the IR. And again, that's why your friend has a bunion, is because he spends more time on the first met head than he does anywhere else in the foot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and for for that friend, I guess like a, like a discussion you had, I think last week or two weeks ago with um I think it was with Zach, uh was about the um or with Paul, I think about trap bar and like uh the impact you would have in on the the length of of mid uh, propulsion uh-huh and, uh -huh. and like since i kind of kept because i had that reasoning of like oh narrow trap bar easier like more vertical good and and but i didn't realize what impact it had on the the way propulsion would unfold yeah. so since i kind of went oh maybe it makes more sense for my narrow to do like a a down and then back up on like chin ups or like step step ups you know to have them, them like step down so they they can bring a wave with them in and out i guess you. that would be probably a, a smart way to do it um for my friend because that would allow him to kind of start from where he know like we know he has access to space and then give him time to like really slowly get in and out and and then i also kind of limit the chances that he, he he rests on the floor and so he's gonna really stay in like that that would make sense like uh as far as uh force uh component of force well as far as the duration you mean yeah 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 exactly huh? okay cool yeah you yeah again and you'll just have to attend to to your velocities um because again, if you if you move too quickly into a position, tissues might be a little stiffer. Yeah. Right. And so you just have to account for that. And so this is something that you would you would identify in real time as far as am I getting the response that I intended to get? Yeah, yeah, exa exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like then like, walk and see how that feels. Right. It, it's it what you, you do it with clients all the time. You might not even in and you just do it. Kind of spontaneously where you'll you'll see something in real time and you'll go okay slow that down move this way do that yeah, yeah, yeah. so you just have oh, to you mean like doing my job yeah <laughs> like coaching? exactly <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly but but there's like i said there's a whole bunch of there, there's a whole bunch of activities and i i, I kind of rattled them off just like a second ago yep the, like a step behind bowler's lunge crossover step ups um there's there's some stuff there's some step through type activities like if, if yeah, you yeah, Need less weight bearing. Um, you can do stuff laying on your side using the foot grounded on the wall. Well, I mean, anything that is more like of a down IR than a forward IR is going to do it basically. Like that's a good starting point. And then it's like just trying not to commit to a late representation. I guess. Right. You have to stop before you. There yeah, you go. Like, you have to stop before you get to the late because the late's gonna the late's gonna make those connective tissues too stiff and move you into the ER representation again. And now you're back to square one. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Cool. Well, that okay. Nice. That that did the very good job of like cementing. I I, I feel very equipped to like uh, 
creatively choose activity but with clear criteria my my you're, last you're trying thing to, you're trying to you're trying to turn the system down and into the ground in a very small space and so the setup matters because if i don't have the setup right so you actually said you said you said it very succinctly it's like i need that early ir representation absolutely because that's where you're going to be coming from to drive the late ir into the ground yeah yeah cool Good morning. Happy Thursday. I have Neuro Coffee in hand and it is perfect. Um, so ACL question. Um, is it? I, yep. I, I, I am blown away. I, I, we've never had I, <laughs> I like to I like to keep you on your toes. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so something I will see in pretty much every ACL, ACLs more so than like other post-op cases um, for knees, but ACLs in general, um, at some point along the way in the rehab, like when we start introducing things like uh, split squats, step downs, like anything vertically moving their center of mass, um, that's like not like a bilateral symmetrical activity. Uh -huh. um, and then like, especially like when it gets to like higher velocity things, like involving like single leg landings, um, I guess like the best way to describe it would be like a traditional representation of closed chain dorsiflexion where like they just don't get the knee going forward as much with those activities. Uh -huh. um, I guess like initially early on in the rehab, I attribute that more to like just anterior knee sensitivity. Like they'll just describe it. They don't want to let that knee go forward and the more it bends, it hurts. But then yeah. at a certain point in time, we always get to like a point where like they're not really feeling any active discomfort. Um, but they're still not letting that knee translate forward as much. Um, I was curious your thoughts, especially like what we've talked about in terms of like the axis of rotation changing. Uh -huh. that like a manifestation of the fact that they just don't have as much of like a local middle propulsive representation because like they're missing the tibial IR. So like that almost like, I'm wondering if my expectation should be that like, they're just not going to get it as far without some other like compensatory strategy. Well, I, I, I love your thought process um, because you're you're in a situation where you're um, accumulating and applying IR, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty straightforward. You, you understand that. And so what you're going to need to do is determine where that lack of internal rotation is. If the axis of rotation of the of the knee, tibia, a little bit more specifically, is different, and it doesn't move medially. Okay, so, and, and we've kind of talked about this before, but it, but it warrants repeating. Um, when, when you have the substitute ACL and you don't get the, the axis of rotation of the tibia moving medially as the tibia translates forward, okay, you don't have the normal IR representation that's going into the ground, right? And that's and that's kind of a big deal. And that might be why you're experiencing or you're seeing this consistently. Um, versus let's let and I'm not saying that 
that tissues aren't sensitized and things like that in a post-surgical situation. But but <clears throat> what if you have the normal mechanics? Is like, at, and at what point do those IR mechanics change that the knee sensitivity, or Grace, there she is, where uh, <clears throat> that knee sensitivity would disappear, right? So, um, you know, maybe you have something along the lines of the sensitivity that's that's an influence here, but I would also say that from a mechanical perspective, um, is there any other position where you have access to that ankle foot representation that you want? So this is getting into more so like trying to alter. So in a seated position, the load was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, well, in a seated position, do they have access to that ankle foot position that you want? In in represented as you wanted to, not with a tibia that's moving, you know, into an a more ER representation, right? Where you would have like a compensatory internal rotation at the at the ankle and the foot. So there's your comparison. It's like, oh, if you do a step down and they have a limitation, do they have that same limitation in all? positions or is it only in the higher force producing representations and that's where like a traditional like i guess like a we were talking like a half kneeling like needle wall like take, take something like that um you, and, and if you need to if you need to take more load off you ever do like a wall slide put the foot on the wall and slide it down and just make sure the heel stays down to get yeah. the, the same. Yeah, and, and, and again, that's that's a very low intensity effort. Yeah. Right. And so then mm -hmm. you, you make your comparisons there, and you say, okay, do I have access to this position in any of these representations? And then that there's a yeah. factor. It's like, okay, do I have a mechanical influence here, or is this a load dependent issue? Gosh, if they if they can get it in the reduced load environment, theoretically they have the potential to access it even with the new graft. Versus if they can't get it, then maybe they're right. like something. With, all right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, little little things, you need to account for every joint position. Right. Laying down is not standing up. Right. Similarity, mm -hmm. but different. So you have to account for all of those as well. Right. So, so don't just look at the ankle and the foot and say, oh, it's fine. Because they may be using a totally different proximal representation to allow them to demonstrate what's going on in the foot. You understand? Yep. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think your thought process, your initial thought process of, of like, what could it be on point?